excluded from a lot of clinical trials. The study of women in general became part of the collateral damage. And these days, who gets included? When you look at the evidence, what you often find is that trials are conducted in absolutely perfect dream patients, people who are, by definition, much more likely to get better quickly. Now, that's very useful for a company that are trying to make their treatment look like it's effective. But actually, for my real-world treatment decisions, that kind of evidence can be really very uninformative. Today, in our final episode of Bad Medicine, we focus on those real-world treatment decisions. We focus on where healthcare really happens when a patient gets together with a doctor or another healthcare professional. And what's one of the main reasons any of us might go to a doctor? It's easy. It's because we're in pain. Pain illuminates what is, I would argue, a general problem in medicine. Keith Waylu is a Princeton historian who focuses on health policy. That is to say, who's to say what degree of pain a person is in and what constitutes truly effective relief other than the patient themselves. And two different people might actually require different doses of medication to alleviate the pain. In the late 1980s and early 90s, there was a push to mandate the recognition and treatment of pain. This culminated in the promotion of pain as the fifth vital sign, along with temperature, blood pressure, pulse, and respiratory rate, which made pain the only vital sign that is determined not by objective measurement, but by the patient's own assessment. So doctors were put in the position of having to determine whose pain was worthy of a prescription painkiller and whose wasn't. Very often, doctors have decided, yes, in 2015, more than 650,000 opioid prescriptions were dispensed per day in the U.S. One result of this prescription onslaught, it is believed to have contributed to a recent uptick in mortality rates. Anupam Jena is a physician and a healthcare economist at Harvard. Mortality rates in the U.S. have risen for the first time in 10 years. Which is striking, considering that mortality rates have been falling for at least 100 years. The U.S. rise has been concentrated among a few groups, particularly white, middle-aged men and women. Among white men with a high school education or less, the death rate has risen an astonishing 22%. And the attribution of these issues is in part due to opioids. And this is a problem that was created uh, by medicine. And yet you certainly can't blame your profession for that because it's an effective drug when used well, correct? Correct, yeah. And, you know, like many drugs in medicine, they're effective in certain situations. So for patients who fall at home and break their hip and have a hip fracture, opioids for um, situations like that are known to be uh, effective pain relievers. Or in patients with uh, cancer, particularly in cancer with uh, bone pain because of disease that has metastasized to the bone, opioids in that situation have been shown to be highly effective in terms of reducing pain. But opioids for low back pain or headaches or knee pain or hip pain or, or just chronic pain in general, opioids are not thought to be an effective strategy, and, and yet we've seen the proliferation of their use in the last decade. So 
How do you maximize the use of opioids when appropriate and minimize their overuse? That's not easy. There are a lot of confounding factors, but it's hard to come up with good prescribing protocols for pain relievers when you don't even have good measurement for pain. Because we don't have any objective measures for actually figuring out what works, we are necessarily in a realm where not just subjective assessment, but also trial and error medicine is necessary to figure out what works. And to that end, Weilu says, We need to think about over-medication and under-medication as not two poles of the use of pain medicine, because then what we do is we kind of just whiplash like a pendulum. We go from believing that under-medication is a problem to believing that over-medication is a problem. What we need to do is to understand that both of these things can be a problem at the same time. The American Medical Association, hoping to address this problem, recently turned back...